Hi. Hello. Uh, hello. Hi. <laughs> Wasn't actually talking to you. Oh, oh but we've got listeners. Right, that's right, fine. Right, the listeners. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to Praise Dionysus. Praise him. Praise him. Hi. Oh. 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 Hey, hey, uh, ho, ho, hey, ho. Ho. Yeah. Ho. 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 Ah, Christmas. Cellophane. Christmas. Christmas. It's our special Christmas episode, everybody. That's what we're doing. In truly no sense is it our Christmas episode. <laughs> it is. I said ho, ho, ho and everything. There is, that's not... What's that? I hear the pitter-patter of reindeer feet on the roof. Well, you shouldn't. <laughs> First it's off, Christmas. never seen a reindeer. Also, who put them on the roof? Santa, they fly. Oh, my. Uh, today, <laughs> we're going to be talking about... There will be nothing Christmassy about this episode. Oh, we'll wait and see. Today, we'll be talking about <laughs> Untitled by Ange Arabatsis. Ghost Stories by Jeremy Dyson and Andy Nyman, and Bad Habits by Drama King Theatre Company. Incredible. What a thrill. I know. So exciting. Yeah. I'm so excited to talk to you about Christmas. So excited (laughs) to talk to you about shows. Christmas will not come Christmas first. (laughs) Christmas forever. None of these shows are Christmassy. Oh, you don't know about ghost stories. Oh, that's true, actually. Hi, Jake. Oh, oh, hello, Jake. That one was to you. Oh, look at you go. Nice to see you. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I do say nice things to you all the time. Sure. I often say I like your shirt, and you always treat that with suspicion. Yes. Why? Because of everything else you say. How's your day going? <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. My day is good. Yes. Uh, my day is good. I got an Uber here because uh, public transport, state killed a road. I'm sure you're all aware is still doing that thing where it takes like a thousand years to get here on tram and it's a Sunday. So the trains are all just like, nope. So why are you sure everyone's well aware? Because <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're well aware, you're well aware. <laughs> uh, well aware in Delaware. That's a musical oh, that no one's ever seen. That's good. That's like Oklahoma's cousin. Yes. <laughs> Except it would just be called Delaware. Yes, and I guess the closing song would be like, the big D-E-L-A-W-A-R-E. Is that how you spell Delaware? <laughs> we can play it back and listen. <laughs> Delaware. Yeah, that's Delaware, I'll be going. <laughs> that's fun. I like that. Um, if, if you're listening, don't steal that, please. It's hard to tell her where in Delaware um, I've seen, I want I've to seen hold her video clips. I've seen video clips of that stripped back version of Oklahoma you spoke about. Oh. Where it's just like a very bare set and they're all like really sweet people. I just think that looks like such a nice production. Oh my god, so nice. I listen to that version of you. Uh, I'm just a girl who can't say no quite often. Sure, is, is there like a fully recorded filmed version of that? I don't think so. I think all the footage I've seen is from like sure. trailers and interviews and like maybe like montages they played at the Tonys. Right, I'm Sure I don't know. A, I'm sure it's a bootleg out there somewhere. I'm sure somewhere. Mm. Like, I've got a pal who used to... I mean, not that we're condoning uh, piracy. No. <laughs> That's our official stance on that. No, but I have a, a, a pal who used to work in, like, a like a Broadway library. Ooh. And uh, there were just, like, recordings of, like, like a lot of the productions that have ever happened. Like, everything oh gets God. recorded. It's just about the release of them. I guess some of them... Your sort of... friend, your sexy, sexy friend you needs to release those videos <laughs> to me. I don't know if that's a crank he can still pull, but sure, I'll, I'll pass on that advice. If you could, I would appreciate it. How's your day going, Jake? My day, it's fine. Woke up, th- now we're here. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Um... How's your week been then? Let's do that, shall My we? week been... It's been... My week been... He's not much longer for this world. <laughs> I'm not that week. <laughs> Shut up, me. <laughs> oh. Um, that was stupid. 
um, my week has been okay. It's been fine. Like a lot of work. It's just been a lot of like, you know, I don't know if you've had this. I'm sure you have. We've definitely, you know, in our hospitality careers have done that thing where it's like, okay, I'm going to have to turn off my whole life and most yes. of my feelings and just go to this shift at this restaurant as much as I can because of poverty. I don't know. And, and Christmas, you know, looming. The need to make money. The, the yep. need to survive. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. And God, so you and just, the, the yeah. soul-crushing work that is being a waiter. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And yep. And if you let too many of your emotions still exist, you can't get through it. You need to fold them all down for aerodynamicism. And Jake, you famously don't have many emotions. Thank you. Mm. Yes, I am quite cold. That's a, I'm lying. It's a joke. And if you weren't lying, if I were colder... Things would be different. Things would be, I think, <laughs> arguably worse. Perhaps, but maybe I'd be an electrician. Why are you staring at me like that? <laughs> I just don't see the connection. My week? Thanks for asking. So I guess you have to know my familial trauma. Also, I wasn't done talking about my week, but okay, you please well, jump in. No, no, I'm picking no, it up. Jump I'm, in. Hey, no, hey, no, hey, no, hey. I'm picking no, it back. I'm picking it back. No, I feel bad. I no, feel no, really no, bad. no, no. Christmas episode, you go. <laughs> well, what else would you have said? No, I'll say more things oh, later. You can you can be the... No, you be the middle of the sandwich. I'll be the bread. That's nice. That's nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. be inbred. No, I'll be. Oh. Continue. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, well, that's mean, but that's siblings. good. <laughs> um, my week has been fine. I've mm. also just been working. Uh, we did our, our work, Chris Kringle, at um at the at the office. Yep. Um, I work in medical administration. For those of you who haven't been listening eagerly, um, <laughs> thrilling world. Yes. Uh, and I got so my one of my colleagues so how many people were in this work Chris Kringle like a good 15 of us I'd say like it was was a good big Chris Kringle Um, my co-worker Kerry bought me a like a beautiful deep bowl with like chopsticks and little divots to put the chopsticks in Mm. but she didn't realise the artwork on the side is a Keith Haring wow yeah and she just had no clue Mm -hmm. she bought it because she thought it was a beautiful looking bowl and she knows I love noodles <laughs> no, I, I, have, I, have, I have said many times at my job that I love noodles and I need a bowl to eat noodles from. So. Why is that coming up so often? I mean, that I is ideal. I love noodles. And did you start saying that organically, or you were trying to plant the seeds for your no, sprinkles? No, no, no. <laughs> I just I bring in noodles that I make at home so often that I that people are like, "What sort of noodles is it today?" I'm like, "It's Italian noodles," or it's it's you know like. What's an Italian spaghetti? Noodle? Oh, okay. <laughs> I just don't want to say spaghetti. To no, my I don't colleagues. Want to say spaghetti. <laughs> it's spaghetti. What are you having for lunch? <laughs> I can't spell it. Um, so yeah, but but on top of all being a beautiful bowl, has a little Keith Haring artwork on the side. So right. that was fun. Are you into Keith Haring? Uh, I, th- I like his art. Yeah. I, I think his art is like a nice visual style. Mm. Um, I'm, I can't say I've read into the man much. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so that was nice. Uh, and then over the weekend, a few things have happened. Oh no. <clears throat> Most of them good. Oh good. Uh, I worked <laughs> at like an event on Friday in my other little hospitality job. And mm. similar, it was a sort of thing of like, I need to switch off and just be here to serve the people dietaries. I am food bot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Please don't hurt my feelings. So that was... <laughs> What feelings? Uh, and then I went to a house party, which was kind of nice and fun and, and, and like easy breezy cover girl. Mm. Uh, and then that, that, that I just want to point out, that's why my voice sounds a little bit raspier than usual. I was shouting at a house party. It sounds fine to me. Sure. Mm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the yesterday, <coughs> which is the day that was yesterday. Yes. Uh, Flynn <laughs> has moved into my place. Is that some sort of stray cat you found? That's my boyfriend, Flynn. Oh my I've god! I've been together with him for a year and a half. James! Yeah, 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 a year yeah. and a half? That's huge! A half. Uh, yeah. Boyfriend! I will say, he's yes. moved in with me not for the super fun reasons. He's in, like, temporary accommodation, and he's now going to move out of the temporary accommodation for a little bit. So he's just moved in with me. Because that tsunami took his home. <laughs> tsunami took his... Yes. Yeah, there's water damage in his home that's being repaired. So he's, he's staying with, with, with me for the next few weeks. Um, a few weeks? A few weeks, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh god. Yeah, yeah. It's not okay. like a temporary thing. It's, it's a... Well, it is a temporary thing, but it's a longer temporary... <laughs> I don't know how words work. But it was really, it was nice. We got it moved in, mm. got all this stuff 
uh, into places, dusted the room because he has like asthma if it's too dusty. So dusted the room. Uh, (laughs) And now he's in. And that's like, it's not a fun situation. That, he, that he's but had to But it's boyfriends living but together. But it's boyfriends living together and I, I'm really liking it. And I think he's... Well, I think the Lord nice. isn't. Well, good. <laughs> I live to spite the Lord. <laughs> uh, and tonight is my family Christmas. Oh, wow. We do that early. We get it out of the way. My immediate family, we, we get it done early. And that's what we're doing tonight. Great. So I would give my week... Mm. Three. Three wise men. Three... <laughs> I'm one of them. Flynn's the other. Mm -hmm. And we are yet to meet the third. Oh my! So you are swinging. Swinging. Yeah, Yeah, we're looking for a third. Um, So write in if you want to join Flynn and I for for a Christmas threesome. We'll 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 get you in. Um, There's there's room at the inn. Jake, what about you? Wait, which of like the you know the three wise men that you just mentioned? Frankenstein. Which which that's the gift you gravitate towards the most? Ah, that's the one that I remember because it goes. I think it's just the first in order, isn't it? Frank gold, frankincense, myrrh. I gravitate to gold, Jake. You do. I want gold. I want money. Okay, you want. I don't care about incense. I don't care about a smelling thing. I want gold. Okay, and it's always you've always been a gold. Gold, man. absolutely. Oh, Frankincense okay. sounded too much like Frankenstein as a child, so I didn't you. want. To, yeah, so I didn't want to go, didn't want to go near. It. I was like, mm. why would you give him that? <laughs> it's a baby. Oh God. <laughs> uh, and myrrh, I just was always a bit too ambiguous about what it was. It's like some sort of smelling balm, is it? That's my understanding. Yeah. Yes. Why? What do you, did you gravitate towards the smelling thing? Because Jake has a beautiful collection of different scents. <laughs> sure, he does. Yeah. Um, I suppose I no. I was always intrigued by what frankincense was because the mm. word was fun. I just liked all the different like you know shapes and sounds in that word. But no, of late I've been more of a merman. <laughs> oh, I don't have a tail. Swim, swim. <laughs> Wish I could be <laughs> part of your world. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, really good. Anyway, um. Great, three wise men. Oh! What? Sorry, no, I'll get into it later. No, no. No, no, no. I want to hear about the rest of your week and then we can talk about my I bet. Go on. (laughs) No, no, no. Dying to hear about your week, Jay. Yeah, I bet it was really interesting and fun. Oh! I... But uh, similar things happened in mine. Mm. It was, yeah, again, a lot of working. Um, Yep. And then what else happened? Went to, like, a Christmas party last night. Where they did one of my least favorite things about the goddamn holidays. Can I guess? Can I guess? Guess. Uh, Christmas party. One of your least what favorite do you th- things. Yes. At a Christmas party, what is like the worst thing that could happen in terms of the way that the party works? Oh, the way the party works. Well, even like what? What's the thing that would happen at a Christmas party that I would hate the most? It's a gift giving thing. Keep describing. Is it like a like a uh uh uh? Oh God! Is it like that thing where you all get like gifts and then like. Because this happened to a friend of mine as well, I think. And if it's this thing, you pick the gift that you want from the people that have already opened their gifts. Is that what it is? It's absolutely 100% that. Well oh done. my god! Yes. It's that white elephant thing. Oh! Of, yes. Yes, is what they call it. Which seems a little white supremacist. Well, do you know what the white <laughs> elephant comes from? No. Do you know the answer? Yeah, it's like a South... I can't exactly remember where, but Southeast Asian. I think it might be Cambodia. Uh, the sort of... If you were very wealthy and you wanted to piss someone off, you would give them a white elephant because elephants were already holy spiritual creature animals yes. that everyone respected. But a white elephant is like a really, really rare one. And you had, and it was like... 
illegal to do anything bad to a white elephant. You had to look after the white elephant. And if you were given a white elephant, you couldn't give it away. You couldn't put it down. You couldn't do anything. You had to look after it. And it would be so expensive and it would be so difficult that it would eventually bankrupt you and destroy your life. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's where the white elephant comes from. That's a nice little backstory. That's a fun I'm, little backstory. I'm glad that this <clears throat> horrific game has such a rich... Horrific name. ...cultural heritage to it. <laughs> Okay, yeah, no, because obviously I hate, but like, what? I was talking to my pal Michael the other day about people that say that they hate Christmas. And it's like, obviously, you can't really hate Christmas because Christmas is just like a day of the week. It's like, so something about Christmas sure. you've decided is Christmas and that's what you hate. Yep, you know? drawn a circle around it and said, that's it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, if, if, if one of the things that I hate about Christmas is like obviously like the commercialism, the materialism, the like clamoring for gifts. Boo! Get some new ideas, Jake. People, no, no, but like even the thing to like for some reason it's been so into, like d- drilled into me the thing of like gratitude and um, the shame of expecting anything, you know. So like I, mm. the least comfortable thing for me to do would ever be to be like, let alone expecting a gift, but to then be yeah. like, I want that one. Yes, is like. I'd rather, sure, okay. oh my god, I'd rather yep. like eat my teeth, <laughs> you know, I just don't know why that's what's in my <laughs> mind. do that? That's what's so suck horrific them about in. It. You either suck them in or you like chomp down so hard you start oh, shattering stop them. stop it, stop it, yeah. stop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until you're just like bloody gums mashing on broken bone. That's where I see your life going. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no. But at this party was very fun. There were people there, they were good. Met some chums. Um, my pal Sarah like ran the white elephant process. Yes, lovely. Did it very, very well. Efficient. In, in weaker hands, it would have really buckled and failed. But so in your beans hands? My beans. Your weak bean? My, leave him alone. <laughs> but yeah, no. But yeah, went quite smoothly. Going into it, I was very anxious and afraid. But What did you fine. bring to the white elephant? I brought a, I bought um, huh. a thing of charades. Oh, nice. Like literary charades. And what did you end up getting? I got these socks that are like barbecue themed. I mean, that's pretty good. I got them and I was truly like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I want to put these on now and then I had to sit there waiting for someone to take them away from me and ready to accept you that. mean no one took the barbecue socks I was shocked I was shocked great okay yeah so that, and that was fine. last night that was last night great yeah and yeah no but otherwise that's most of what my week was just work and getting socks do you want to go ahead and slap a star rating on that <laughs> uh yes I suppose what will I do I will give it hmm great 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 I think, I'll go, okay, I'll give it mm, 72 stars. I think you've done 72 before. Well, it's coming back around. Okay. It's a trending number. Why 72? 72, because I think that's how many minutes it took me to get from my house to Heidelberg where this party was. And I'm about to have to go to Heidelberg more often, so it was a nice dry run for going to Heidelberg so often. often. Oh, it's a long conversation. Okay. Yeah, okay. no, but I, Heidelberg's a bit, like, it's about to become a suburb that I frequent often, and it is, that's too long for me to be on a train to Heidelberg. Um, don't whisper secrets. <laughs> <laughs> figure out why. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm about to have to go there often, and it's too far. <laughs> if so, you live in Heidelberg, say Heidelberg. Yeah, yes, oh yes, don't be a Heidel loser. Come out and Heidel say hello. <laughs> you should stop saying Heidel. Heidel, ho. That's fun. I'm better. back on board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, anyway, yeah. So that's, that's how many stars, because of the amount of time it took to get there. On the goddamn train. It's good rating. Good rating. Oh, thank you. And a really interesting story about travel. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. I saw. Yes? I went to the movie cinema with Flynn last night. Oh, this is just a bonus anecdote. This is a bonus anecdote. You went to the movies. We went to the movies. Just went oh. over. We sat on down, clumped on in. Yep. I had a little tube of jubies. Flynn bought some Maltesers. What are tubies? What are, like, jubies. Jubie lollies. Oh, jubies. Jubies. You know, oh. like, like jubies. you think of a tube of tubies? Tube of jubies. Oh. Yeah. They put it in a tube for me. <laughs> the jubies. A tube of jubes. 
Yes. You got a tube of jubes? Yes, it was a tube. I mean, a jube tube. Do they sell these jubes in the tubes? At Cinema Nova, they do. They do. Cinema Nova jube tubes. Oh, so it's okay. Like it's like they got a bunch of different tubes, all full of different little things. Oh, but this one was full of jubies. Okay, what else do they put in tubes? Uh, it looked like they had Boops. like mints. No, no, oh. <laughs> mints. Like little like like jaffers, maybe like that sort of thing in like okay. these tubes. And this one was full of jubes. I'm done. Talking are are about they in tubes so that you do, don't like rustle around? Is that the idea? Yeah, you just the take tube? the lid off the tube. It's like they're plastic tubes. You take the lid off the tube and then you just sort of like. Oh, like little baby Pringle cans. Yeah, but made out of like, if you like wrapped a sheet of plastic into a circle. Okay, hmm. alright. <laughs> what were we seeing, I hear you ask? Avatar 2, The Shape of Water. <laughs> the Way of Water? The Way, I don't fucking care, it was a shit movie. Oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> don't see it! <laughs> fucking don't give James Cameron your money! It was so bad. Every element of it. There was not a part of this movie that I liked. Really? I was, I think we've discussed on this podcast. That you I, got Pandora depression? I got Pandora depression from the first movie. I love the first movie. I was so Do upset that I Do you still love the first movie? I love, I think it's a great film. It is Pocahontas in space. Can I just, just for for my sake and maybe for the listeners as well, I just want to run by you what I think the plot of the first movie was yep, based on having ahead. seen it one time when it came out. An Australian man... Is he Australian in the movie? I think he's meant to be vaguely American of some sort. A vague American man knows Sigourney Weaver. And she's developed technology to go into Avatar Land. So a vague American man, his brother was in the program in the Avatar Land. His brother was his twin. The brother died. Yep. And for some reason, genetically, only his brother can use this very expensive Avatar body. And I'm still unclear on where is Pandora? Somewhere. Huh? <laughs> it's in space. It's in, it's in oh, like a different planet. I think it's in a different solar system. Okay, and it it in terms of it being because it looks obviously like three D and blue and strange. Mm. We could in the universe, if I wanted to, I could walk from my world to Pandora, and I would just be standing there. Like there's nothing that. What do you? No, you'd be like there's spaceship. no there's no like I don't have to like ripple through existence. It'll, no, no, it's, it's just, not it's a parallel just very universe. conventional fire up the thrusters, get the spaceship over there, right, and, then and get you can off. just land there. Yes, but instead, what we do is we send people inside of lizard people. No, <laughs> no. So there's a regular human base yeah. on Pandora. Oh, so people have flown to Pandora. People have flown to Pandora on their ships. Okay. They all get there. They have to wear their special masks to breathe on the planet. Okay, but they have this program, the Avatar program, where you can sort of like get into like a little pod and then your consciousness is transferred to an avatar body which mm-hmm. is like the Navi which are the big blue people yeah. and then you can sort of go in and go amongst the planet and not be like afraid of everything on that planet all the time where did they find these empty Navi people they grew them they like it's oh. set like in the not too distant future where like My genetics least is least favourite place to set anything <laughs> the not too distant future <laughs> oh. always always vaguely in the future oh my god yep yeah. no and that's when I turned the movie up <laughs> yep and we should have done that when we opened this movie oh no uh, five minutes so the end of the first like vague spoilers I guess for like the opening scenes of the second movie like the first movie ends with them getting all the humans off the planet it's the entire point of the movie they round dies? The tree, because yeah, the humans blow up the tree, which mm. is like their big cultural important heritage site, mm-hmm. and they blow it up to get all the literally called unobtainium. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll fix it in the second draft. So, <laughs> they didn't. Um, and then they were like, no, none of this, had a big fight, got all the humans, rounded up onto their ships, sent them off into space, and then away they went, and they were happily ever after. Mm. Opening five minutes of this movie, it's mm. just like, the humans come back, and I guess we're right back to the same setting as the first movie. Oh. That's it. It's like, they come back on their ships, and then it's like one year later, and they just have a big base again. Oh. And it just sort of feels a bit like, right, you just really wanted to hurry that along. Okay, so Mm. we're back into this. Mm. 
It goes from being the first movie was like, I guess, exploring colonialism and like the effects of that sort of consumeristic attitude to native populations. Mm. And that was like vaguely interesting, even though it was just like a white guy stumbling into it being the hero. And it still is the case of like, why is Jake Sully in control of anything? He's just some guy. Mm. Uh, but this one turns out to be more like about the American nuclear family unit trying to survive in a war zone. Oh. While still being exactly the same as the first movie. And it's, they've got these annoying kids <laughs> who all have no characters or no personality. They're all there to be like the big brother, the little brother, the little sister, the annoying sister. They cast uh, Sigourney Weaver to voice a 16 year old. Do not change her voice at all. Oh. It's just Sigourney Weaver's voice being like, Mom, why are we here? It's like, you are an, you are like a 50-year-old woman. Because does she die in the first one? She does, yes. So they just bring her back for the sake of bringing her back. Yeah, they vaguely explain it in like, her avatar body gave birth to this kid. And then they don't follow it up. They're setting so much up for the future but, movies. Look, I don't want to go... But did Sigourney uh, Weaver sound like Sigourney Weaver current day when she was like a child? Surely she grew into that Sigourney Weaver Well, voice. that's what I mean. Yeah. Mm. They just decided, we want to get Sigourney Weaver into this. I know how. She can play a 16-year-old. That teen sure sounds weathered. Yeah, <laughs> she sounds like she smokes a lot. That's so interesting that you would go the whole oh. way to a planet that we can barely even get to, and they are still living the exact same life that we are, but they're blue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and in the first movie, it wasn't so much like that. It was more mm. like, oh, this is a rich culture. This one, it was like... Oh, Jake Sully has just ruined them with the American way of life. <laughs> Great. Their culture did not survive. Oh, no. Yeah. It's shit movie. Boring. Badly paced. CGI's bad. All of it's shit. Don't see it. <laughs> I, I resented when James Cameron was like, I don't want anyone complaining about how long this movie is. It's that good and it was really hard to make. They could have trimmed it. <laughs> there, were, there was a lot of fat they could have trimmed. Also, another thing that annoyed me, all the kids keep saying, hey, bro. Like, they all say bro so often. Stop saying bro. <laughs> it's a cool Why thing is that what you're... Oh, my God. I think surfer culture enhances anywhere it goes. Oh, my <laughs> I, God. The, the only good thing thus far to come out of this movie existing is... What's the name? Is it Sam Worthington? Yep. Is he the actor? Yep. He did this really lovely interview on The View where he sat there and was talking about making the movie and mm. he was just like when I saw it come up I was like oh this happened on The View I was like of course I'll watch it because it's perfect television yes of course but I was like expecting to be very like bored and just be like you know told to watch this garbage film mm. but instead yeah he was just like so lovely and like oh, that's nice. humble and interesting and just like talked like a person to mm. the wonderful women of The View and told the story apparently of like Kate Winslet broke Tom Cruise's record for being underwater for the longest because there's so they filmed so much of it underwater they had to be able to free dive oh wow and Kate Winslet was underwater for like seven minutes without breathing. Oh my god. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's fun. There you go. Right? Yeah. Like, no doubt it's, there's some technological marvels in this movie. Still a shit movie. Yeah. Oh my god. That's I, a shame. Someone reach out. I want to talk to someone. I'm so angry about this film. Flynn and I were so angry. Like, we, we had spent... He had spent all day packing up all his belongings, and then we had spent the rest of the day getting the room set up, cleaning out under the bed to make sure it wasn't dusty, packing everything away, getting everything ready. We were like, we'll go see a fun movie. And we walked out of the movie, and we were fuming. We were so angry. It was just so bad. Like, I like the idea of the two of you coming out of the cinema and just, like, throwing things to the ground angrily. Yes! <laughs> like, 15 minutes into the film, we sort of lent him, like, I think this might be a bad movie. Oh, no. Yeah. Anywho, sorry guys. To so your Pandora depression didn't come back? No, absolutely not. And that's another thing. They spent, they, like, they had like check boxes they were clearly ticking. They were like, okay, we need a montage of breathtaking scenes of underwater. But they get that in there. Okay, we need like them to be chased by some big fuck up animal. 
animal, and then that animal's eaten by another animal. We need, like, things for them to ride, but the warriors need different things to ride, and then there needs to be, like, one big thing to ride that's really cool, and we need them to have, like, a big fight at the... It's just... So bad. Well, we'll see what happens. Like, didn't I think James Cameron said that pretty much everyone in the world has to see it twice in order for them to like break even on this movie. I hope no one sees it. It costs so much money. I wish he would stop making movies and start devoting more time to like ocean exploration. Yes, spend your money on that. Mm. That's that's worthwhile. Yeah. Ugh. Do you want to talk about like we can talk about some theater some now? Better stuff. Yes. yes please, let's sure. do it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> did you want that to sound like you had just finished up singing one oh, of your... Oh, sorry. Did you hit record while I was singing? That's embarrassing. <laughs> um, yeah, so I went to the Butterfly Club. I went with beautiful British Johnny and we went to the Butterfly Club. Great. You've been... I've been Flap Flap. You... That's a butterfly wing. Oh, fantastic. Mm. Yes. Uh, we went to the upstairs space. Great. Good yeah. space. Good, great space. Great space. Oh. Yeah. Went. Uh, yeah. And yeah, we went there. Uh, we had <laughs> double eggs for dinner. Then I'm we trying went to clarify. Did you go there? <laughs> we went there. What did the show proceed to be? Can you tell me? You're bullying me. I am. <laughs> uh, yes, to see a show called Untitled by Ange Arabatsis. Am I saying his name right? Oh, let's double check. I just wrote it down. You did? Well done. Thank you. Look at me. Uh, yeah, and had no idea who this man is or was or will be. <laughs> He's a stranger that made a one-man show. Right. I was intrigued by what it was because like, the whole synopsis of it. So it was called Untitled and the synopsis was essentially like, uh, he's doing a show. It'll be different every time, and oh. and it'll like connect us all by like because it'll be the only time this version of the show happens. We'll all feel connected by the end of it. Well, that's kind of that's a nice premise. That's what intrigued me. Yeah. Like, oh, huh? Is it going to be improv? I have mixed feelings about that. You do. <laughs> I do. Thank you. Yes. And so then we went and we sat there and we you know sat in like sort of like not the front but like the middle range. You know, safe. Because, thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know when it comes to you know and it, it, Johnny and I were very distinctly like he even more than I was like. I don't want to be like pulled into it or have to do anything. His accent's less Your aggressive. Tony <laughs> is always very hurtful. He's so handsome. He's like, oh, God, oh, but oh, but oh. Um, he's got a normal British voice. Your idea of handsome is strange. <laughs> no, he is handsome. I just mean, if, if you follow the handsome with that horrible goblin voice, <laughs> would really ruin it, wouldn't it? Yes. <laughs> I'm from England. Um. <laughs> um. Anyway, yes. So the show started, and then, <laughs> uh, so. Um, so it starts He comes out There's a TV screen You know how some of these people Use that TV screen That's on the right hand right, side yeah. Of the back wall Of the like, Yes I know the one the Butterfly Club space Yes He sort of shuffled through These random words And landed on loose um, That's the word of the show Tell me about it stud <laughs> uh, Yeah And then So then he sort of like Comes out and he's like So hello <laughs> Like wait literally That's how he started Quite literally right. He was like Oh so, this is happening again. This is the second night that this show is happening. We are about to do it for the second time. <laughs> yesterday, Lovely. yesterday it went like this. Tonight, it will go like this. <laughs> Does he talk like that? Not with that accent, oh, but that's okay. the content of what he's saying. Sure, okay. Um, there's a big teddy bear on stage, to no real comic effect or end. How big? Uh, bigger than the average one. Like, sleeping with it would be very much like... Sit in the teddy bear? Sit in the... T- no, it's not one of those ones where you can be, like, spooned by the bear. Okay, right, right. It's more of, like, bear. the size of, like, a morbidly obese toddler. That kind of proportion. Yep, yep. Yeah, that kind of size. Um, there's a mask hanging on the wall. There's a chair that he sits in sometimes. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, but it's all kind of there and not, not specifically loaded in any sort of way. It seems to just be, like, visual aids and things for him to reference and potentially use if he yeah. wants to. Nice. Um, it very much, very quickly seemed to have the, like, the energy of, like, 
I'm a competent theatre person and I'm coming out and I'm just going to like read the room and see what I'm in the mood to do. And oh, be like, nice. Yeah, right? It's like, that's like fertile. God, to have the confidence to even do that is impressive. Sure, for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, an additional conspicuous component was like his partner was sitting in the front row down on like the, the, the bottom Performing left. Performing partner or a romantic partner? Romantic partner. Right. So if you imagine me and Johnny sitting there sort of in the right-hand side of the sitting bank mm-hmm. to our left at the very front, she was down there filming the entire thing on her phone. Oh. Which is just a thing that was a, a very present thing that we are aware of. So that's just like, I've got to count that as being part of what this show experience well, your, was. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, so then it kept going and then he sort of like had all these notes that he wanted to like read from. Um, he had like, he, this, the night that we were there, he read through a bunch of like punk lyrics that he wrote at one point. Um, and yeah, just sort of like followed what he was interested in doing and would sort of be like, do you want to hear this sort of thing? And we'd be like, sure. Wow. That's (laughs) Um, really nifty. And then he'd, yeah, read it. And then, yep, wait for a response kind of like from that response, then choose what to do next. And would like largely like what it sort of like ended up being was him kind of like reading from notes of things that he'd written before. Um, how, how and I don't need to sound rude. How old was he? Like what sort of what sort oh, of? Oh, I don't know. He probably like in his forties would be my guess. Yeah, nice. Yeah, like a seasoned theatre person, or at least a seasoned writer person. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. Again, total stranger to me. Um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see his like partner being so engaged and supportive. Like that was nice. Mm. Um. <laughs> Um, yeah, we just sort of like sat there and watched it, and it was like, it, and it sort of like what it made me sort of think about was like, what is not what is theatre because I don't need to venture down that path. Oh, let's do it. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> um, but of like, okay, so we've come to this show. It's not the same every night, and it's not improvised necessarily because a lot of it is reading from pre-prepared text, which is kind of obviously the opposite of what improv is. Mm-hmm. And there's no fourth wall to speak of. Obviously, it's one guy. It's happening in the real time of the space. Like, it kind of... Yeah, it was kind of... What is that? That's the thing. It was almost like... It wasn't beat poetry. It's not really cabaret. It's not... It's just kind of... It felt more like... It honestly felt... What it felt most like to me was um, almost like... I don't know if you've seen Mrs. Fletcher. Everyone should have had to by now. Catherine Hahn at her finest. Oh, I will see that. So fucking good. It's the one actress I know. Oh, my God. (laughs) Because she's a witch sometimes. She's a witch in Marvel. (laughs) But, yeah, it felt most like... Always, I'd, I'd gone to like, as happens in the wonderful TV show, you go to like a group of like ad, ad, like adults that have an interest in creative writing, mm. and you go around the circle and read what you wrote that week. That you see, that sounds like something I would really like to be involved with. Just a bunch of people in a room, excited to share their work and just making stuff. Yeah. That sounds nice. And to like, no, I think that what appeals to me most about that sort of arrangement is sorry to sidetrack. No, no, is is it's not like. We have a deadline, we need to have this written, we need to have, like, this sort of thing. It's just, you can just do what you want. I think you'd have deadlines. I think to, no, have... to, like, have something to have something to bring to the group. Mm. Yeah, but that's what I mean. That That's fine, but it's not like a deadline to be like, we need to have this on stage immediately. Oh, sure. Just it's a deadline like... to be like, come on, guys, bring whatever and we can read it and just have a chat about it. That mm-hmm. sounds like a nice space, and I don't think I've ever experienced that sort of space. Sure, of people that yeah, that aren't even like gearing their writing up for any kind, like type of outcome. Like outside of school, outside yeah, of like yeah. high school. I mean, can you see yourself ending up in a group like that? I think I would like. To, I think even the thought has only just occurred to me, even just now. Mm. That seems like something I would like to do because I just think I need some help in like the building the confidence to sort of do anything, mm. and that seems like a nice sort of space to do it if everyone's there just to share stuff. Okay, that seems like everyone's on the same sort of footing, and I like that. 
Okay. Have you? I assume you've been in a few little workshops. <laughs> sure, a few little workshops. Mm. There was also like a lot of what my, my like my masters was was yeah. us all sitting around showing each other things that we'd written. Yes. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Which was yeah, rewarding and challenging and a whole bunch of things. Doesn't yeah. exist anymore. That no, that's my undergrad. No longer exists. The oh, masters good. at NIDA very much still exist. Okay, <laughs> I don't know terms. <laughs> I don't know movies. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, that was my experience of Untitled. Interesting. Mm. Did, and does does he title it by the end? No, 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 no. But he does. <laughs> something's meant to happen where he like he the the, the random comp- the TV chooses the word. Yes, l- he chose loose. And then at the end of the show, I think he's meant to say the word again, but he forgot what the word was. <laughs> <laughs> so the one effort made to bookend the thing neatly was forgotten, which I of course love. <laughs> <laughs> How loose. The, indeed Oh. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, there was one thing that stuck out as like a, a, a portion of the show that hit differently to the rest of it um, for, I guess, moderately personal reasons, just in the way of like, he wrote this poem that was like, he said he wrote it when he was in a, like a cafe in St. Kilda and he wrote it in this character that he'd kind of teased about the existence of earlier on in the piece where he was like, do you want to hear a poem from my like camp character? And it's oh. like... And this is a very like sort of like straight presenting man. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. And it was like, oh, I'm not. Not that I'd spent any of the show being like, do this. What about this suggestion? I was very much sitting in the darkness with a British man. Quack 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 quack. Um, but yeah, but it was like, oh, I hope that character doesn't surface <laughs> a little bit. And did the camp um, character surface? So then, yeah. So then he showed this poem that he wrote in this in the voice of this camp character and he put on this camp voice to do it so you know this sort of person who sort of talks like this mm-hmm. and it's like look I get that this character exists in the world of like stock comic characters mm. and I'm not going to begrudge maybe maybe I will begrudge I won't <laughs> I'm not going to tell anyone to stop doing it but I definitely had that experience of um which is a thing that I think about often especially with the way that like you know current discourse is functioning about everything at the moment especially um everyone just getting offended about stuff yeah. and people feeling like their community is not being represented in a way that they are comfortable with yes um so yeah so he did this poem that <laughs> in this voice um and and yeah throughout it I was just like trying to like sort of like monitor because Johnny also being gay um, monitor his comfort level with how it went, monitoring my own and interrogating my own experience of it. And obviously it wasn't a super comfortable thing to go through. It felt a little bit <laughs> like a like a like a very old knife to be poked with. Yeah. <laughs> that feels very like late nineties humour. A little, yeah. yeah. Um like Gunther from Friends. Thought Gunther from Friends. Gunther from Friends. Is... You know the the coffee man? Yeah. I just think that sort of character, the humour that comes from Gunther from Friends, is a little bit... Most of it is just the way he talks. What's funny about the way Gunther talks in Friends? Isn't he a bit of a homosexual? He's in love with Rachel the whole time. Oh, I didn't watch Friends. I think he's just wearing brightly coloured shirts. Which in the 90s would be, like, coded for gay, I suppose. Yeah, okay, maybe I just misread that situation. (laughs) Maybe I was in love with Gunther. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, might have a time. (laughs) This is where you leave and run to him. No, because Gunther, didn't he die? In Friends. Didn't that actor die? Oh, did he? Pretty sure. Are you did. thinking of the guy from Sex in the City? No. No. I'm going to Google it. You're about to find out if the actor who played Gunther in Friends is dead. Actor for Gunther Friends. Oh, is this good? Is this good, good, good content? Oh, sorry, everybody, if this is about to devastate you. James Michael Tyler. Yeah. Died, yep, 2021, last year. Oh, oh my God, he died really recently. Yeah, because I remember it happening. And it was like, oh, that's really sad. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so sorry that your soulmate has passed on. No, that's why I can't <laughs> run to him. 
Um, yeah, but then of course that was like beyond. And again, I'm still gonna, you know, and these moments are kind of like a test of your integrity, aren't they? Like it's all well and good to have yes. opinions about being offended, but then the moment that you are, is everything upended? It's like, yeah. but it's happening to me now. Yes. Yeah, no. So it was the thing of like, look, I, I'm gonna defend anyone's right to do whatever they want and say whatever they want. That's fine. Um, and then it was, yeah, having to dive into like the me being mildly uncomfortable during something doesn't invalidate the thing they're doing. It doesn't then mean that I should go on any sort of campaign to make them feel bad. <laughs> to make them like feel bad at what they did. Um, and then it also like while I was walking down Collins Street the other day, I was still thinking about it, and it was like um, interesting the way of like is it potentially like a as much as people crave community and identity, like is there something unhealthy or un- like unhelpful about the clinging very tightly to the monolithic identities that we choose to consciously or not tie ourselves to, you know, like, mm-hmm. is it, is there more like emotional peril in the idea of like, to use gayness as an example, to be like, I am a proud member of the queer community and I'm a queer person and anything that's queer is to do with me. Like, is that in the ways that that is helpful? Yeah. Is it at the same time setting you up to be vulnerable to things that maybe you shouldn't take as seriously or something? Is the thought experiment I fell into? Sure. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's important to have voices that are loud and vocal about that being in that community, especially for younger people, just to see. Mm. I, th- I think that outweighs everything for me. Yeah, right. I, I think. Yeah, I, I think it is vital that there are people there to say, "I am this, and this is what I am, and I will defend this." Mm. For the purpose of younger people growing up, seeing that happening, and knowing that there are people out there for them, and I think that. At this current point, is mm. impo- is more important than the sort of global consciousness that I think you're sort of talking about. Mm. Um, and I think that's a great. I think that's where we should head. But I don't think we're at a place where any of us can start living just like that. You know? No, totally. No, yeah. I super agree with that. That's the thing. It was just the thing I was that I was thinking about, and I think I was thinking about it more specifically about the the, the very like, the, the the contemporary understanding of what it is to like be offended. Sure. Yeah. Okay. okay. And and the way of yeah. I don't know, with, with, when it's things outside of hate speech. And what Ange was doing wasn't hate speech, of course. No, um, but it teeters the line of, like, where do where does where does the hard start of this line begin? <laughs> sure, sure. And how much of, like... And even that sort of thing, it almost points in a direction of, like, cultural appropriation. Like, I was even thinking about the way of, like, there being a gay voice in a quintessential way for a gay person to sound. Mm. Like, that is... Th- th- there's an interpretation of that that does feel like cultural appropriation in the way of like and that. I guess it is it's just so normalised yeah 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 um, yeah that you could consider that almost like akin to putting on like a Chinese voice when you're telling a joke well absolutely yeah and I think it's, it's a classic situation of like a Chinese person can do that voice and make it a joke. That's fine. Like we, we can do the gay voice. We and can it's do the fine. gay voice for sure. But I guess maybe there is a difference in there too because it was an, I believe it was it was an Indian comedian of some sort that was talking about the da- like the, the damage done to his community because of comedians like Mindy Kaling and a couple of other ones who mm. often tell jokes about their parents and put on this very like quintessential Indian voice. Yeah. And the way that that in in this comedian's eyes had done a lot of damage to people being able to take their culture seriously especially in a comedic realm because it seems to be teaching people that that voice is a funny thing that you should be laughing at while there are people that do actually sound like that in life and it almost seems to be relegating an entire whether it's a generation or a or, or like an ethnic group people. to being like oh it's fine to like anyone can laugh at this this is a funny thing this is a funny way to sound these people are inherently kind of like there's jokes built mm. into who they are as people I guess it's always going to be 
different sides to that story. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Guys? Yes. No. So, and let's, so it's let's, all about listening. Let's us it? figure it out. Two white guys in a room. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> it's about time. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But yeah. But yeah. No. So Untitled, yeah, it was like a, like an interesting, unfamiliar kind of experiment. For, yeah. Yeah. To witness. And yeah. Yeah. Hi, Jack. Oh, God. <laughs> Are these the Christmas sounds you were talking about? Uh, I guess it could be the ghost of Christmas past. Oh, no. Oh, oh, it's not. How far in the past? It's, it's not the ghost of Christmas past. Let's just nip that one in the bud. Oh. Uh, it's a regular <laughs> It's a regular ghost. Oh, oh. from ghost stories. Ooh, we've already spoken about this. Ah, ah. We recorded a really long segment about this show already. Ooh, <laughs> but then we saw that the director and writers don't like spoilers for the show, and so respectfully we have decided to re-record this because <laughs> I spoiled pretty much every element of the show. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, yes. Do we cut in that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we had a long, intricate conversation about every detail of what happened in Ghost Stories. Yep. And then it became clear through research that the writer-director <laughs> pair hate spoilers. Hate spoilers. <laughs> really hate them. Uh, and so, respectfully, we have decided to re-record this. Yep. Um, which is a shame because I really liked that conversation. It was a fun conversation. It sounds like you had a, you had a good time at Ghost Stories. Well, I guess we'll find out for the second time, won't we? No, that's true. Yeah. Ooh, oh, spooky. Spooky. Uh, so, <laughs> yes. I went along to see Ghost Stories at the Athenaeum Theatre. Yes. Written by Jeremy Dyson and Andy Nyman, directed by both those two as well as Sean Holmes. Cool. So, plonk on in. I'm with Flynn, two of his friends. We go for a few drinks beforehand, which I strongly advise if you're going to see this show. Uh-huh. And I'll get two for why. Okay. Uh, and so we wander on down to the Athenaeum. Uh-huh. And you know the Athenaeum Theatre. It's a bit older. She's yeah. a bit dilapidated. Ah, she's rickety she's and beautiful. She's beautiful. Gorgeous. However, because mm. it's ghost stories, they had like all this construction tape up on the walls, like spider webs and things. Mm-hmm. And like, it was sort of felt like... The theatre's not falling apart. It's spooky. <laughs> did it feel Halloweeny, or it felt spooky? It felt Halloweeny. Okay, it did. I think there's no way you can dress up a foyer to try and make it spooky without it feeling Halloweeny, because it always needs to be like, okay, we can't put anything across the banisters because of HS, or we can't put anything here. It always has to be like up on the wall, and it's always just sort of like a bit of spider web or something. You know what they should do? Go <laughs> I'm just having this idea now. You should get a woman to lie face down on the stairs. <laughs> With fake blood streaming from her head. So remember what I just said about OHS. <laughs> Specifically you put, the you stairs. You tape around her. And I was like, guys, just walk around the woman who fell down the stairs. Just, you can't block off any of the stairs in the theatre. Try getting out of the theatre and into the theatre. I don't want to blow your damn mind, but she's actually alive and would get up after everyone's inside. Whoa. Yes. I hadn't thought about that. Nah. Well, they didn't do she's this. She's going to pull a sore they, on you. Oh. That's a good twist. It's a good twist. They didn't do that in this show. That's a shame. I know. I'll, I'll write to them, though. Um, <laughs> we had an idea for your foyer. <laughs> <laughs> so you got any stairs? <laughs> oh, we got stairs. Uh, so, but another fun thing about the foyer was I love shows that bring a different energy to the theatre. And Ghost Stories is essentially like a, a scary movie told on stage. So... It sort of felt like everyone was sort of going in with this sort of knowledge that, oh, we're about to get scared. Oh, we're going to get spooked. We're going to get scared, so spooked. So everyone was sort of like giggling nervously and like getting inside. And the ushers were sort of like, like they weren't going all out. But there was one or two ushers that were clearly way more into it than others. And they'd sort of be like, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> like, where's <laughs> Road G? Ooh, <laughs> after Road <Robo. laughs> Okay, you're I useless. I just need to know where she 
<laughs> um, I have a hungry son. I need to know. Where and I this turn is. around to my friend, and like, and I turn back. He's gone. Oh my god! He's just hiding behind a chair. Uh, so we got. We were up the back row. Wait, sorry, sorry, I'm stuck on the ushers. <laughs> um, so I'm getting there. I'm getting oh great! There. So we were there's, up the back row. There's more usher facts because yeah. I've got to explain where this usher was. Fantastic. So we we're up the back row of the very top circle. So we were we were way up in the bleeds. Um, spooky, spooky, very <laughs> spooky. You could have fallen down, and hurt yourself. Um, so we were up, I don't know if you've gone up to this level of the Athenaeum, but they have like this weird long passageway behind the seats okay. to get to the other side and around up to the seats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very rickety. And at the door of it was this usher. Mm. And he like opened the door. He's like, we had all sort of congregated at the top for some reason. There were a few of us going to the bathroom and popping out. And then there were like, there was like a group of us and he opened the door and he's like, Hello. Welcome, and he did like this little sort of. Please follow me. <laughs> like he had like. If you dare. <laughs> and as we were going, so there's numbers scrawled on the walls. Yeah, like some numbers. Like just two-digit numbers. We don't know why. Mm-hmm. They're just numbers scrawled on the walls. And as we were going, he would like shine his torch onto the numbers every now and again okay. in a sort of way. It was like. I reckon those numbers are going to mean something later on. Uh-huh. And because I can't spoil the show, I can neither confirm nor <laughs> deny whether they do. They could just be random numbers. Uh-huh. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> so this usher eagerly showed us to our seats. Mm-hmm. It's like, enjoy the show. <laughs> <laughs> Maniacally laughed, wrung his hands like a little evil gremlin. And up we clumped to out seats. <laughs> so we sat in the seats. Mm. I turn around, take in the space. Beautiful theatre, flickering lights, spiderwebs, caution tape. Mm-hmm. There's a door behind me. Yes. To my like, as I turn around to the right, I'm on the edge of the row. There's a door that goes obviously to like the bio box or something, uh-huh. but it's slightly ajar. Oh. And I'm ready for anything. <laughs> so I'm ready for like someone dressed as the mummy to pop out of this door and spook me. Uh-huh. So just I need you to know for the entirety of this show. Every time I get spooked, I get spooked, turn around, check the door, and it always looks a little more ajar. Ah, half door, half jar. Half door, half jar. And that's just like, so this is the thing. We're sitting in the audience, and have you ever been to see a show that is advertised as being a scary show? That's like its selling point? Um, scary, 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 scary. Nothing's popping up in my noggin. Because we saw Picnic at the Hanging Rock. Which was, oh, yeah. which had a scary lilt to it. That was horror, and you thought it was good. I loved, I love horror on stage. Mm. I think it's cool. Mm. Yeah, no, I think I struggle with horror on stage because I think I end up just feeling like I'm in a ghost train. <laughs> a ghost train. You know those trains where you sit? It's like a thing. It's a theme park attraction, and you sit in like a little. How do I describe it? It's almost like, you know when you go on, like, when you go skiing? Not that I go skiing. Those chairlifts. Oh, yes, often. You know, when the chairlift takes you up the mountain. <laughs> it's a skiing thing. You know, where you sit in the yep. thing and yep. it takes you up the mountain. It's like, if you took that off the chairlift machinery and you put it on wheels instead and you sit in your little chairlift cabin and then it wheels you, th- like, you sit in it with your pal and you're like, oh, we're in a ghost train. And then the ghost train goes through, like, big flappy doors as if you're going, like, at the back of Coles, you know? Yeah. Yep. With, with the staff go. Okay, yeah. To get more stock. Yep. And we <laughs> 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 you <laughs> flop in. <laughs> and then it's dark. And then it's like, <laughs> and then you hear, like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to murder you. Yes. And there's, like, dangly spiders and like weird lights happening. I love it. You just like a, I'm gonna oh fuck is one that like trips over something in the dark. <laughs> oh my oh, god, my why god, is it so fucking dark? <laughs> quack quack. Quack quack. Uh, yeah. No, and then like 
you get slapped in the face, and there's like a like a like a little pumpkin somewhere. Squirt, squirt you with a bit of water. Yeah. Oh. Okay, I get it. I get it. So it's like the uh, Scooby Doo roller coaster, but if it wasn't a roller coaster. Yes, if it were just like a slow moving ski lift. Why did you buy ski lift? It's just you could just say it's a car. I'm bad at <laughs> explaining okay. stuff. All right. All right. So you don't like scary things because you feel like you're on a ghost train. No, I don't like horror on stage because oftentimes it feels like they're just trying to trick me into going. Gah! Well, <laughs> and that is not what I go to theatre for. And not to say, not to dismiss this show, but that is what the show was. Sure, the whole sure. show was a vehicle for scares, mm-hmm. like for jump scares, because. And that's the brand of horror this had. There was no... It didn't feel like there was any insidious creeping horror. It was all very much like, okay, so this is obviously a build-up to a jump scare. When's it going to get me? Mm. And then it would happen. And it would get me every time. Sure. Every time. And you, it, it was... It, every beat, it was like, okay, this is the bit where he's going to go up to the door and try and open it. And there's not going to be something there, but they're still going to make it big. Mm. And that's what would happen. And then it would still scare you. And then there would... So... Oh, but that's great. No, but see, that's great because having obviously already listened to you explain what happens in the show. Yes. It's like that I feel like I have certainly more patience for and I think I have a greater appreciation for because the show itself seems to be built around it kind of being like a fun exploration and experiment with making people afraid. And the fact yes. the audience attended being like, it just makes me think of when I saw When a Stranger Calls in the cinema mm. and there was a similar energy of like, it feels like everyone is 14 years old and we just want to scream together. Exactly. And that's what I mean when I said, have a few drinks, go with some friends. It's a really fun time. Mm. Because it is that. It feels exactly like, oh, we're all here to get scared. They're going to get us. Yeah. And I've got to say, John Bowser did the production design. Mm. Fucking, I mean, the tricks they did on this stage mm. was so good, was so clever. And I wish I could tell you distinctly Jake you've heard the tricks yes um and they do the thing which I appreciate a lot when you do like tricks on stage it's all old it seems to be all pretty old school magic tricks like mm. it's all like real made elements there's there's almost no projection there's no um like LED screens or anything it's all like real stuff happening on mm. stage and models they've made and props they've made and like that sort of dedication to creating a scary story mm. I really admire yeah um and the skirt, so so I can sort of talk about. It was presented as a lecture mm. um, from Professor Goodman. Yeah, Philip Goodman was the name of the character played by Steve Rogers, who was great. Mm. Like he plays a really good university lecturer, and just he's got this sort of vibe. He comes up to the podium, and his sort of job is to sort of tell us about his three stories he's come across in his life as a paranormal professor sure. um, that he's never been able to explain. And so obviously we then watch these three stories play out. Mm-hmm. And then they are in turn each narrated by that character. Um, and so, which I think is a great little setup yeah. for a show. Um, and in my brain, I see if they if this show were to go on further, they could always switch those stories out and keep them fresh, keep them updated to bring back the audiences that are there for the scares. Yeah. Um, and this is the other thing that I really enjoyed about this show. You could hear the audience doing the things we all do watching horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like you could hear every now and again someone being like, oh, don't do that. <laughs> like, mm. Oh, don't go in there. And everyone like uh, something would happen on stage that the character wouldn't be able to see and we could see. And we'd all be like, oh, God. And I called out at some point. Like I was like, oh, fuck this. Like it's just really gets under your skin mm. but you feel safe the whole time because you're with your buddies mm. or watching a scary movie um, so if you get a chance to go and see ghost stories round up a posse have a few drinks and go and see it mm-hmm. 
Um, would you like to come and see it with me, Jake, if it comes around again? Sure, no, it sounds good. Yeah, mm. no, that the the energy of, yeah, even, like, thinking about fear and, like, horror on stage. Yeah. For sure. Um, no, it sounds fun to attend something deliberately frightening with this air of it being comic and, as you were saying, safe as well. Mm. Um, it being something, like, going at that so full force, being, mm. like, the point of this is to kind of, like, frighten you and to tell you scary stories. Yes. Like, that's terrific. Like, I think of things like Picnic and Hanging Rock, um just because you brought it up. Um, and that type of horror... I guess I just... That type of horror, I suppose, when, like, you watch moments... And maybe it's it's not specific to Picnic and Hanging Rock, but it's, like, moments when fear is, like, dribbled into things on stage, I suppose, feels for some reason... And I've never reflected on it too hard. Not deceptive or something. Or, like, any sort of cheap trick. It's, like, because we're all in the space together and theatre... At least for me, it feels so much just like storytelling and and the, the bare bones of it is just a bunch of people sitting around hearing a story together. Mm. The way that the theatre makers oftentimes go about making something scary requires so many different stagecraft elements to be pointing at it to make everyone go, like, <laughs> <laughs> For that reason, it feels a bit manipulative or something in the way of like... Oh, we're gonna get them. Yeah, a little. Maybe I don't even know what I'm saying. I think the idea, the idea of this show, the whole show, is geared towards that. You're right. So it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like. I maybe I feel like it's, uh, it's doing a disservice to maybe the story that you're telling in the way of like, that's like that the essence of the thing of like go can be like part of. When you are personally experiencing something or when you're hearing someone tell you the story, when they like tell you something really shocking and you're like, oh my God, really that happened? Yeah. But then trying to capture that in the way that you're playing a story out in front of an audience, implanting it to try to accomplish that same energy through the storytelling, I guess it feels cheap to me. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is different in what it seems like Ghost Stories was because that style almost lends itself, like it's almost got that scary slasher film thing yeah. quite inbuilt deliberately. But I think that when a horror and stuff is done most effectively on stage, which I've, which I've seen done effectively, like it seems more like it's a... I think you can accomplish something that I consider to be at least more my style of how I like my stories to go. Of Like you can experience horror in like a, a long, drawn out, mm. terrifying way. Like yes. I even think of like productions of Medea that I've seen where it's like, you know that she's about to murder her children and then you get to spend oftentimes like minutes watching her decide she's going to kill her sons mm. and then she has to capture the sons and then she murders the sons and it's like it's this yeah. horrific tale that you see and it's potent and wonderful because of the way that theatrically you have to tell that story you you're with them in the room and you have to watch them do these things i think that's i would hate, i i i'm just gonna bluntly say that i think i would hate to see a version of medea where it's just like grabs and flashes and like oh yes. and now they're dead it's like, I just think that would and be... I agree I, I prefer that sort of long form unsettling horror mm. as opposed to the sort of gotcha horror it feels more theatrical yeah like, in, a, in a general maybe naturalistic sense I suppose sure. and may, maybe this is all text but I guess that's yeah, me yeah. trying to work out what my and feelings that's, are the, the people were really loving this show yeah no it's just really interesting the show sounds great it is great, and it's a shame. I wish I could tell you more about it because mm. some of the things they pull up are really, really nifty. Yeah. Um, but you're just gonna have to go and see it. Great. Sorry, guys. Whoa! <laughs> Hello, James. Hi, Jake. I'm still here. <laughs> I went to the MC showroom. Ah. Did you make eye contact? 
with the hole. Yes, I looked right at the hole. Great. I did it again. I right before the show started, looked up at the hole, gave it a nod. You don't know how excited I am that you have now seen the hole. The hole's real. You yeah. didn't believe me for so long. No, I didn't. Yeah. Yes, no, but now I'm, I've come around. I'm pro hole. Guys, <laughs> if you go to the MC showroom, look up and to your right, there's a hole. There's a hole. Get around it. Get, Get around in it. Get it. <laughs> Pop in. Pop in. Um, so I was there to see a show called Bad Habits. Great. Great. Um, it was written and directed by the same like man and like team behind Oopsie Daisy. Yes. Okay, yes. Yes. Great. Yes. Great premise. Great. Just accidentally murder someone. Great premise. <laughs> um, yeah, so the premise of Bad Habits. So the show starts, and then what it is is um, so it is so Jim Rossington is playing like a psychologist. Okay. And he gets invited to this school run by the writer and director Jason Economides, who played the pop star that we thought was dead during Oopsie Daisy. Yes. So he's in this one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most confident men in showbiz, Jason Economides. Yes. The way he manages to write and direct these shows and is in them and is often like a focal point of the narrative, I think is incredible work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good on you. Um, yes. I, yeah, and so, so, so Jason is playing the principal, Jim is playing the psychologist that's visiting. Okay. And, um, and the principal says to this man, look, you can have a job here but first you need to like do this thing <laughs> mysterious <laughs> um and then yeah so it's been tasked with these these 13 students who each have a bad habit and they are cordoned off <laughs> somehow i'm unsure of how this fits into their curriculum but they're all assigned to jim's psychologist character mm-hmm. and the principal is like Fix them. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So we'll come back to that. The show opens with a full dance sequence to Lady Gaga's Judas. Yes. <laughs> God, yes. That's how you get a balloon drop. That's good. <laughs> the moxie of it. It's just so, like... Well, like everyone was, on stage? No, I think like, it was five of them. Oh, okay. Um, right. so Still. This was, this was to establish that there was like an evil dance troupe. <laughs> and so they danced to all of Judas. <laughs> All of it. Just the whole Start whole to song. end, top to bottom, Judas, the entire I'm song. I'm sick and tired of people cutting out bits of songs. Just do it all. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's similar to when in Oopsie Daisy they did the entirety of that Kesha song that is perfect. Oh, and yes. And then he did um, Bus. Van Van? Gold, Gold Trans Air. Gold Trans Air. And then repeated Vengabus throughout the entire interval. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Every choice is perfect. This, this, this company is doing some good stuff. Yeah, I Drama like King Theatre Company. I yeah, they're up to some important stuff. And so that happens. Great song. Yes. So that's how the show begins. <laughs> um, I just love any show that springs on you that you are in, like in an audience for something other than a theater show that you thought you were going to see. Oh God, sometimes I really fucking hate it, and sometimes it's just great to sort of witness the energy differences. Like you're strapped in. Like I'm watching a play, and sort of out of nowhere, oh, 45 minutes in, we're suddenly the audience of a burlesque piece. Oh yeah. Sometimes that's I hate that. Oh my God. Oftentimes I hate. That. Yeah. Sometimes it's interesting. Sometimes it's something that I hate more than I find interesting. <laughs> yeah, it seems unfair to ask your audience to be things it's not. Absolutely, especially with something like burlesque. I find it's really I'm gonna say offensive for when someone's doing burlesque or something when when they shift the tone of the whole thing that's happening to be like, okay, now you are expected to behave as if you are watching a striptease or you yeah. are watching like a concert or something. It's yeah. like, no, I was here to watch a play. You can yeah. do whatever you want, but I'm still in play watching mode. Yeah, I'm not exactly. going to suddenly turn into, woo! 
Yeah, yes! take your pants off. It's yeah, like no. no, I was watching a play five minutes ago. Yeah, I'm not now gonna. This be... is still a play. Yes, it's, mm. and yeah. So anyway, but yeah, no. But this audience handled this very well. Great, glad <laughs> right. to hear it. And it was a good out of the gate energy moment of like, okay, I mean, if you start off with Judas. If you start off with Judas, you're I'm setting in yourself your up. Palm. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> do, you what do, you do what you want. want. <laughs> <laughs> do what you want. What you want with my body? Yes. Uh, from the version, Lady Gaga. Yes, but the version without child molester. Yes. <laughs> the Christina Aguilera <laughs> version. <laughs> I don't know who you mean? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So then, so the so the psychologist character meets these thirteen students, um, and so they each have a different bad habit. Go ahead. Ha- You've got a question. Up, yeah. Um, Please, is there a 13 Reasons Why joke? Two. There's two Great. 13 Reasons Why joke. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should write shows. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Yeah, um, yeah. so it's, a, you know, I'd say just to like, I suppose I'll say now that if I had to, you know, I'm going to do that very lazy gay thing of being like, it's like if you took these two things and put them together. So it's well, like... Well, there's the voice. If you, <laughs> which I'm allowed to do. Yes, because discussed. I sometimes have sex with men. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. Um, if you took the house bunny and you mixed it together with bring it on two. Both things I've not seen. Well, that's useless to you. <laughs> <laughs> but to anyone but that's a listening of both of those important films, you'll get an idea of kind of the energy and the function of how this narrative goes. Right. So do you want me to tell you what all the different students have going on? No. No. <laughs> okay, let's breeze past it. <laughs> yeah, no, go on. Obviously. Oh, first off, they're all in school, like school uniform, because it's a high school. Is it like, like what sort of school uniform are we talking about? Oh my God. Oh my God. First off, irrelevant, because anytime a bunch of people in a show are in a school uniform together, it's perfect. It is. It Trophy boys. So I agree. Absolutely. Oh my God. Yep. Oh my God. Yep. Like, what sort of school uniforms? It does matter. Yes. So they're in, like, white tops and then, like, grey pants or skirts, mm-hmm. and they all have, like, a big sequined red tie on. Like, a big floppy bow tie. They may as well be in a glee course. Absolutely. That's magnificent. Yes, it was kind of that. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And they're all sort of like sitting there neatly ready to explain themselves. Give me a list of all the reasons. All the reasons. I'm, I'm, I'm mixed up with that. Reasons. All the bad habits. All the bad habits. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So we've got a hypochondriac. We've sure. got someone obsessed with Britney Spears. We've got someone... Is that a problem? Well, that's what's interesting about this show is like, first off, that's one of the key questions of the show oh, is like, I see. are these things problems okay 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 but on top of that the, i like the way that they keep referring to all these things as bad habits even though some of these things stray absolutely outside the definition of what a habit even is yeah liking britney spears i love that's it that's great <laughs> yeah hyper can drag britney spears there's one girl who is is really like <laughs> i until they pinned down what her habit was i was like is her bad habit that she's too Japanese? Oh. <laughs> and I was like, that can't be what's happening here. And it turned out the thing was that she was like really into anime. In a way that like, oh, it, it, like okay. engulfed her life. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Interesting. There was another character who hates herself. <laughs> one character who... I o- like Britney Spears. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> it's magic. Um, one who only talks in gibberish. One who believes that she's a princess. One who's a promiscuous German girl. And so her bad habit is that she's a slut? Shut <laughs> Not in a bad way. I love sluts. I was a slut. Good times. <laughs> um, in, in a way that it, 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 it seems to be like a key component of how she operates sure. through life. Okay. And again, this, calling them bad habits, I think there's a, a real conscious understanding that they, that's just a catch-all yes. for these things that aren't necessarily bad. Yes. You know, um, there's one that's like addicted addicted to drugs. <laughs> one that is a bad habit. <laughs> one who's addicted to exercise. One who's addicted to online shopping. One who's addicted to like who's really into horoscopes. One who's afraid of tests. And one who believes she is a cat. Ha. Huh. <laughs> 
Uh-huh. Okay, so I'm going to explain to you which ones were my favourite ones. Is there a song where all the ones that have addictions sing together? It's not a musical. Oh! There's just two dance numbers. <laughs> Great. But I think I'm, I'm open to putting more dance numbers in things that aren't musicals. I think we should bring more music and dance into shows that aren't necessarily musicals. You think that's a thing we should do? I think it's nice to see. Okay. Well, I feel like that's like going to happen more and more now that TikTok exists. It seems like that's what every, like... Oh, you every... poisoned it. You made it bad. I didn't make it bad. It just seems like every Netflix show, especially, that it wants to put in like a last-ditch effort for online so, like popularity, they just insert a dance number. Yeah, they did in the Umbrella Academy, they did that. You see, yeah, right, I'm picking I've it up. cracked the code. I'm sorry yeah. to open your eyes like that. No, it's fine. That um, yeah, but even on top of the, the very extended sequence in which we got to know all thirteen of their d- disorders, I mean, 13's a lot of characters. It's a lot, which again, perfect. Yeah, great. <laughs> a big cast any day of the week. Mm. Um, yeah, so this this long scene where we get to understand who they are, what their personalities are like, and what their different bad habits are. And then on top of that as well, very impressively, and that's again why I think Jason Economides might be the most confident man in showbiz mm. because he wrote him a rap that he had to deliver when he introduced them all again and would explain in rhyme in rap what all of their different conditions were. Oh my god. Why would you set yourself that task? Because you can do it. Because you can do it. I guess. If you can do it, do it. He Lin-Manuel Moran did it. <laughs> and it happened. I love... I, well done. Good pun. Thank, that thank was great. you. That was really thank good. you. And I mean that only in like the, the rap sense, not in the sense that I can't stand Lin-Manuel Miranda. It Jason lies! Is it, oh my god. That was my impression <laughs> of Lin-Manuel Miranda. Go again. Eliza! Oh god. Oh! Yes. If I could change your mind. Don't forget to try looking boyish. <laughs> yeah, boy. Ugh, what a little greasy man. Sorry, go on. <laughs> He's not greasy. <laughs> He's just, I feel like if I touched him, I would slip off. You know, like... I wish I liked Tick Tick Boom more. Sure, yeah, okay, same. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> we'll come back to that. Right, we'll leave that um, do you want to quickly explain which ones were my favourite students? Again, I'm going <laughs> to say yes. <laughs> um, I was super into Lionel Eisenbrock, who played the one that only speaks in gibberish. Oh, great, because <laughs> that could have gone either way. Absolutely could have. I liked I just enjoyed the way he would just sort of like, the way he'd be inserted into things. It was like so often like the joke of even like the first, because it was an interval, the first half of it, so much of his comedic contribution was him being like, and then someone being like, like, what the fuck did you just... <laughs> <laughs> I lo- Good. I'm glad they went with that angle and not the, like, the... That's right, Jonathan. Like, not the way people just understand the gibberish. Oh, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Um, was yeah. he speaking, like, Simlish? It was... Sometimes it sounded Simlish. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. Yeah, it was nice. And I liked the way that he performed it in the way of, like, it was quite, like, soft and... But it, it, yeah, I don't know. There was something intriguing about the way that, like, especially when he was surrounded by, like, like this, this group of goofballs around him. It was nice for some reason. I enjoyed his energy, like Lionel's energy, because it was quite like restrained and reserved and soft mm. amongst this sea of like buffoons. Which is because that character could very easily be the most buffoonery. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You get nonsense to say. You just do it real loud. Nonsense. Yeah. I enjoyed it. But yeah, no. So, and <laughs> I liked to like part of what I like about intervals like generally, but it's like this one, it seemed to do a, like, I don't know, some stuff in terms of everyone's relationship with Lionel in terms of the audience. Aww. Because like act one, it seems like a, like a lot of the function of the first half of the show is getting to know all these characters. The second half, it seems like everyone's gone away and been like, so who's your favorite? <laughs> right, and then we came yeah. back and a bunch of people had chosen Lionel. 
Lionel because he was getting a lot more laughs. Good on him. <laughs> Go on Lionel. Um, Miller Pearl's performance playing the drug addicted one okay. who was like always experimenting with different drugs that she was on and different supplements in order to enhance her like 14 year old lifestyle. I enjoyed... 14? Okay. So, so I, imagine... I should have asked at the start what sort of year level are we talking? I don't know. My guess was like probably like maybe year 10. Is okay. the step I'd take in the dark. Yep. Because I don't... Quack, quack, quack. Because I don't think that they were, like, based on... There's, there's a lot of flimsy internal logic in terms of the way that the world works in this show, so I can't be like, oh, they didn't devote much sure. time to studying, so they can't be doing VCE. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> you do just need to go with it. <laughs> Absolutely, which yeah. I'm happy to do as long as I'm having an okay time. Yeah. And I did. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Daniel Hillman has tremendous energy and, like, comic timing. He was playing the hypochondriac mm. who would, like, he had to do a lot of physical comedy in terms of, like, getting bumped softly and then falling to the ground and claiming that he'd broken his foot. There was a lot of stuff Great. for him to have to do. He's Great. A, he was a very good... Yeah. He really Dare sh- I say, slaps tick. Slaps tick. Quite. Tick those slaps. Tick them slaps. Um, Hannah Royal, who won a lot of people, especially like the three men who I enjoyed accidentally like, eavesdropping on during the show. <laughs> um, I very dis- I was reading, I was not trying to listen to their conversation, but I enjoyed the, the tone of voice they had when they spoke to if each other. If you ever see a show with Jake, you just know he'll be listening in. No, I was not listening to what they were saying. I, I was truly focusing on the book that I was enjoying reading, but during like, I enjoyed like, I, I had the moment of like, I love the way these men talk to each other. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> it's pathetic. No, it's nice. <laughs> I just thought it was sweet. I was glad I was sitting behind them. And they especially were fond of, as I was as well, Hannah Royal's performance of the one that hated herself. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> she's just this beautiful red-headed girl. And then every time she's like, <laughs> anything would happen. She's like, oh, that's like me. Except when I would do it, I'd fucking fuck it up. I'm so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. It was just a hot, yeah, it, it's a real testament to self-flagellation. It was really fantastic. And just the one, like the last one that I'll bring up with the kids was like Chami Rupa Singer, who played the, the the princess. Her ongoing joke was that she'd tell stories as if she was cousins with all of the Disney princesses. But what had happened was that all of the Disney princesses existed in real life and were her cousins. And then Disney made a movie out of their real experiences. <laughs> I just thought that was a funny That's bit. a funny, I like that one. Yeah, that was something. Yeah, yeah no. But so then, so... Uh, the the effort of the psychologist is to fix all of their bad habits so that they b- b- work better in the school environment and are better students. Is a dead poet society adjacent? Uh, maybe if you just really, really vaguely summarise both films and put them next to each other, I guess. Sure. But it's, n- no, but more all in right. the sense of like, again, this comes back to sort of the flimsy logic of the way that the show works and how the world functions. It's pretty foggy in terms of like, what does fixing them mean? There's this moment where, not to spoil anything, there's a moment where it seems like maybe he's fixed them and there's this very sort of interesting scene where all of their like problems have like sort of suddenly gone away. So like gibberish is using English words, self-hating one, it, like, it, it says something positive about herself. Mm. You know, that the cat is a person. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty big giveaway. <laughs> a cat's a person. Mm. Um, but then, uh, yeah, <laughs> but then that goes away because they, there's this whole through line of like, okay, we need to make them work as a team so that they can, and that will fix them. So let's put them in this dance competition with this evil dance troupe. Oh, with the evil dance troupe. There's, you know, so there's that whole thing. Is there another on. dance number? Uh, at the end, there's another dance number. What? Where they do a moment of, co- were you about to ask a question? I was about to ask what song? Watch song. What song? Um, it's, they do a Britney Spears medley. Uh, which, oh my god, if you've got nothing, like, if you're unsure of what to do, in whatever artistic pursuit you're doing, Britney Spears. just do a Britney Spears medley. Yeah, that's fair <laughs> enough. That's valid. Yeah, no, and they did this piece of choreography that reminded me of, like, you know when they did Side to Side at the AMAs? It was, like, Nicki Minaj oh, and yes, yes, yes. Ariana Grande. I've definitely forced you to watch it before. I have seen that before. And the part where they all, like, the two, like, Nicki Minaj and Ariana Grande come to the front of the stage, and they're standing in a line with all their dancers, mm. and they all, like, grind on each other. Yes. At the, 
the best, one of the best I remember. moments of dance in the world. And they do that? They did something similar. Oh. And I was like, any excuse to think about that performance of Side to Side. <laughs> Great. Great. You've got Jake's ticket. Yep, that's high art and you've, you've done it well. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, so, but then, yeah, there's an interval. The second half happens. And it's about them sort of like coming together as a group. Like one of the, the sweeter things about the show is watching these characters who don't seem that fond of each other at the start by the end. I like any story where like a bunch of like oddballs start to really like appreciate and like and defend each other. Mm. Like it's what I, my, the fantasy version of the greatest showman would have been had it not been what it ended up apparently being. I've never seen it. I've only seen like I've also never seen it, but I like some of the songs. Ugh, what songs do you like from The Greatest Showman? I like the one where Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron are like sort of like hashing out the deal just because that's sort of a, a fast-paced almost patter song. And almost like one of the few songs that feels like it's actually in the musical. Yes, it feels like an actual like stage show musical song number. Yes. As the rest of just... them are just all like we're ugly but think, we love ourselves. I think also we are coloured by the fact that we worked at an event space when The Greatest Showman came out and so every, every fucking event we did would be people coming in either themed as the greatest show yes. or the entertainment would be coming in and literally singing the greatest showman yes. uh, and it was the new Great Gatsby it was years. the new because it was Great Gatsby before that but yeah, yeah. so I, I can't stand it because of those reasons but I like that song sure Sure. I like a number of people have told me stories about them around that time period being at the gym <laughs> and uh. this is me coming on the radio. Uh. <laughs> this is me. Look out for Siracom. Which does Arguably make... a good song. It's absolutely for sure. Yeah. As, I... a, as a pop song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, oh my God, that whole musical though is just like pop garbage. Mm. Yeah. And lies. And, and why is it also lies? Because it wasn't... Jay, what is it, Barnum? Wasn't he just like... Oh, P.T. Barnum was an awful guy. Famously a bad person? Yeah, no, so why didn't you just make... If you wanted to make a movie about a circus... Why make him just, the villain. Or just make a circus movie? Like, why did you have to, like, take a man that existed and yep. do nothing? Or like, have, no, make him the villain and have everyone rail, rail, rally against him. But did that happen? No. See? <laughs> yeah, but you just take some liberties. They You're doing the same take, thing that yeah, they did. But you can do it in a way that still casts <laughs> him as a villain. That was my major issue. You just take some liberties. <laughs> <laughs> take some liberties, but still make him a villain. You're doing the same stuff they What did. happened in this show, Jay? <laughs> what happened next? Well, I don't want to spoil it, but it was like about them oh. all coming together. There was a part where they had to raise some money, which is always a fun like montage to imagine. Oh, sure, um, yes. Yeah. Avenue Q. Uh, Avenue Q. They have a song about raising money. What do they have to Give raise money Give us your for? money um, to build a monster school. Is that what that happens in Avenue Q? Yeah, I've like, forgotten the plot. Oh, this, this very, I can't remember the plot, but I just know that like the the I just remember the gay bits. The Bert or Ernie, whichever one is the one that's cast out of the house, is like begging for money so he can eat, make some food, <laughs> and then like that guy that's in love with Kate is like, I'm gonna also get money so I can make this school so Kate will have sex with me. Okay. Yeah. No, I need to rewatch Avenue Q because that's got great music. It does. Really good songs in Avenue Q. Really good songs in Avenue Q. Yeah. Mm. Um. Great. Yeah. No. But yeah, gigantic cast in this show. It was really fun to watch the entire thing. Mm. Had the, the same sort of like confusing, bewildering, the almost making sense vibe of Oopsie Daisy. I do love that sort of world though, where it's like, fuck it, it's happening because it's happening. Just yeah. Let it, yeah, I think yeah. that's fun. Oh my God, yeah. yeah. If you start picking it apart, look, it may fall apart, but absolutely. <laughs> did you not enjoy yourself, you dumb bitch? Yeah. <laughs> we're here for fun, not yeah. for thoughts. <laughs> and also just to see a bunch of like really talented performers like show you like how yep. talented they are. And you're right, a large cast is exciting. So it was the 13, and then it was... 13 students, psychologist, evil dance troupe leader, um, one performer who doubled as the the, the, the slutty principal's assistant. Okay. <laughs> um, wait, the principal's slutty assistant or the slutty principal's assistant? Um, wait, so... A bit wait, of both? So, Maddie Theophanides mm -hmm. played the principal's assistant, Boris... <laughs> <laughs> And then also played like the like the lusty lesbian sidekick of the Horace? evil dance troupe leader. 
Okay, great. Great, great, great. Yeah? Yep. <laughs> so that was like the one moment of double casting. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was like 13 kids, evil dance troupe leader, the, 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 Boris, etc., principal and psychologist. And right. then, oh, and then there was also the, the, the teacher who would choreograph the dance numbers for the evil dance troupe. Oh, great. The, the Sue Sylvester. Absolutely, yes. Nice. Yes. <laughs> That's a big cast. That's Gigantic fun. cast. Which even in itself, like it's even just fun to see 13 young performers in front of you. Yeah, you're at right. At one time. Because so often we are seeing small scale shows in small scale places. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is not to say they're bad. They're exciting. Well, no, it's, it's also it's... like if you want to stage something, especially post-COVID, but even like if you want to afford anything in the oh, arts. Oh God, to get a big group of people in. The risk. Yeah. The dice you're rolling. Yeah, no. Incredible. I'm Impressive. Glad, I'm glad they rolled the dice. I'm glad it paid off. Absolutely. It was fun. Great. It was fun. And so few things are fun. <laughs> Life sure isn't. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, here we are. Uh, this is our last show for the year. Oh my God, yes. No, it's our last 2022 one. <laughs> wow. I, I, th I thought my mouth would we say We ran out of all our words. <laughs> we'll, we'll be ready next year. Uh, yes, yeah, so you won't hear for us for like the next fortnight, I guess. Yeah, I guess until shows start up again properly. Yeah, we'll let you know. We'll keep you posted. Yeah, yeah, we'll start as soon as we can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but until then, have like a cool Christmas and stuff. Yeah, have a, have a good holiday season. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Come on. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, whatever. Have a great end of December. <laughs> have a good New Year's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can pressure you into doing that. Yeah, have, um, have it safe and fun. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm Unless you don't feel bound by the constrictions of time, I suppose. Sun goes up, sun goes down. Sunrise, sunset. Swiftly go the days. Uh, yep, so we'll see Where you when we see you. Thank you so much for I listening carried. in. It's been nice talking about theatre for you all and chatting about shows and chatting to people about shows has been nice. Um, do you have anything else I you missed want to contribute? A lot of that. I was fiddling I on the roof. didn't care about <laughs> your fiddling. Um, quick, fiddle me on the roof. Um... <laughs> I think there's a production of Fiddler on the Roof going on soon. I hope so. God, I want to see Fiddler I again see soon. Fiddler. I, I oh my God. How many times have you seen Fiddler on the Roof? Literally the once, and I need to see it more. Great. Yeah, what about you? Like, I think I've seen four. Jesus. Oh, I just love to fiddle. I love fiddling. Oh I love roofs. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, I, uh, what, what, are you, what are you trying to say? Know, my brain yeah, shut down. No, um, yeah, let us know if you're doing something anytime soon. We'll come and see it, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, as usual, we, we may already disagree with everything we just said. Because opinions change. That's nature, baby. That is nature, baby. Friends don't let friends become theatre critics. No, don't you dare let that happen. And if it does, you kill them. Because <laughs> it's too late. We condone violence. I don't. Oh. But if you, yeah, I James? don't either then. No, no, oh. I don't either if you don't either. Oh, you won't go out on that ledge by yourself? No, absolutely That we should be stabbing no, no, no. theatre critics through a the heart of the stake. that ledge, yep. Yep, okay. Um, <laughs> what, uh, what are you going to do for the rest of your day, Jake? Um, uh, I have to see a pal. I'm seeing a man. Have to. I, well, I'm excited to well, see a man. Well, there we go. Right. <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, it's my family Christmas dinner tonight. That's right. Yep, so that'll be nice. We'll do that. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho! Oh. Christmas <laughs> bells. Reindeer. Milk. Um, have a great <laughs> end of December. <laughs> See you next year. <laughs> uh, oh, 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 eh, eh.